Ping, ping, bow. Ping. Ping, ping, ping. If you box, you're a risk taker. Ping, ping. Oh, you like my noises? Huh? If you're a girl and you box, you're a risk taker and a rule breaker. Ping, ping, bow. That's my favorite one. If you're a girl and you box, and your aim is to be the first to win an Olympic gold medal, that's going for it, baby. I'm going to be the best woman boxer that there's ever been. Who's going to beat me? I'm not scared of no female boxer or no male boxer. None of them. You can't take what I want. I'm a soldier. No. Ready to go to battle. You don't play boxing. You fight. (laughs) From WNYC and PRX, the public radio exchange, go for it. Life Lessons from Girl Boxers, a special for the 2012 Olympics. I'm Marianne McCune, a reporter with WNYC. And I'm Rosie Perez. You probably know who she is. Activist, actor, extraordinaire. Do I need to say more? No. What you probably don't know is that Rosie is an avid boxing fan. Welcome to the green space now. Earlier this year, she joined WNYC to host a live conversation with women boxers. The first year, women will be boxing in the Olympics. Rosie, I was watching you, and it seemed like you kind of fell in love with those boxers. I did. Heather, you want to go pro. Why go pro? Is it for the money? Tell the truth. I just want to be the best. (laughs) They are kind and thoughtful, but you also know that you shouldn't mess with them. And... I like that. But what do you think is going to be different for you? Have you been punched um, in the head without the headgear? I'm no. from Brooklyn. <laughs> I had never been into boxing until a journalist named Sue J. Johnson showed me a series of photographs she'd been taking of women boxers just as they came out of the ring. I did it. Sweaty, totally spent. I boxed her. <laughs> and there was this look of deep satisfaction. Hi, my name is Heather Harney. My name is Tierra Brown. Bertha Arasil. I am great. I got hooked. Because whether you think boxing is good or bad, you don't often hear women saying the things these boxers say. I want to be better than you. I have to hurt you. I have to make you respect me. Nothing soft when I'm in the ring. Now, if I get punched hard in the face, it doesn't scare me. I keep going. So we kept following the boxers as they put aside everything else in their lives to train and compete for a spot at the first Olympics ever to allow women to box. We met their families, their coaches. We went with them to tournaments, got to know some of their international competitors. This is the story of a group of girls and women who are not afraid to defy expectations, to take big chances. And fight to become the greatest. Maybe you disapprove of boxing. Maybe you think these women should be aiming high in some other arena. That's okay. These stories will make you think about what it means to be a girl and what it takes to be a champion. First stop, Clarissa Shields. Hello, testing, testing. The youngest woman to compete for a spot on the U.S. Olympic team. Boop, boop, jab right here. <sighs> Radio Diaries gave her a recorder and microphone so she could take us along on her journey. All right. Well, we're going to start with my name is Clarissa Shields. I'm 16. I've been boxing since I was 11. My record is 19-0. and 0. Yeah, undefeated. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to introduce... I have this dream. I'm in England, London, and it's the finals in the Olympics. I, I-, I can hear the announcer. I mean, they're going to say it like... And the first woman Olympian at 165 pounds is 
Clarissa Shields. Clarissa Shields! And in my dream, I'm just looking around and I'm just thinking to myself, like, how did I get here? Hello, testing, testing. Good morning. This is Clarissa again. That's my alarm. Right now, I'm sleeping on the couch at my aunt's house. I just moved in probably about a month and a half ago. She has three kids, and me and my little brother live with her, so it's like she got five kids, really. We all live in the same house. Hold on a second, little cousin crying. Tanasia, where's Tanasia at? Why do I live with my aunt? Well, my mom, you know, she um has her own problems. You know, more bad days than good days. It just wasn't helping me with my boxing. So I just, I just had to move out. Crack my neck, wash my face real fast, then uh, head out. Peanut, later. Sound of footsteps. It's snowing. Out here look all pretty. Like white Christmas trees. Today is 30 days before the Olympic trials. <laughs> wow. Today's a new day. And there is no sunshine. I think it's the time in everybody's life where no matter if you got good parents or bad parents, it's your time to decide if you want to go left or if you want to go right. Before boxing, my goal was to have 10 kids before I was 26. I wanted to have a big old family, a lot of kids. I thought I would have been a good mom, too. But no, I ain't thinking about that right now, though. <laughs> yeah. What's up, champ? We're at my dad's house, and we're about to watch the DVD of me boxing. I think I got about eight now on DVD. And um, he's going to talk trash. Watch out, you going to come out now. In with no jab, no action. You see how she was wasting punches? Yeah, she wasted energy. For those who didn't know, my dad was a boxer. They said he was real good. They used to call him Cannonball. I had a career as a, an underground fighter. We'd go from state to state here and there fighting guys. I fought in barns, closed army bunkers. You understand what I'm saying? You know, we was dirty fighters, you know. You fought until one of y'all couldn't stand no more. You know, it's, like, it's illegal. It's yeah. totally illegal. You know, uh, I one time could have turned pro, I think, but I started winding up in and out of prison. And when I came home from prison, that was the first time I seen you since you was two. Yeah, you had braids in your hair? Mm-hmm. That's what I remember. Yes. My dad, he went to prison when I was two and got out when I was nine. You remember the first conversation we ever had about boxing? Yeah. One day we was riding in my van, I think it was, and we was kicking it. Mm-hmm. I told a story about the fact that I used to fight and that none of my children or no one else in my family had picked up the torch and became a boxer. So I was like, okay, maybe you can kind of like live your dream through me a little bit. And about a week later, you know, you asked me, could you box? And my answer was, hell no. Do you remember the exact words that, that you said? You said boxing is a man's sport. That made me so, it made me so mad. Clarissa's conversation with her dad continues, and we'll come back to it. 
I just want to stop here for a moment because that message, you can't, has been repeated so many times to so many of the boxers we've met. Why you want to get your pretty face hit? Women can't box. They're not aggressive. They can't take punches like that. What if you get hit in the chest or something? Women is for taking house, cooking, cleaning. You're too pretty to box. You're too skinny to be boxing. It's not ladylike. It is not ladylike to do this, this and that. Boxing coach Gloria Peake got that message from her mom. I come home with my dress torn, bleeding and all that because I've been in a fight. My mother's like, Gloria, what were you doing? Uh, fighting. This guy got all in my face, threw a punch. I let him know that I wasn't afraid of him. No, no, it's ladylike to be afraid. Why? Nobody has an intelligent answer. That was in the 1950s in New York. Fifty years later, Sulem Urbina got pretty much the same message from her mom in Texas. My mom would make me do like millions of chores before leaving the house to keep me from going to the gym. Oh, you got to paint the whole house inside and out. And in Baltimore, Maryland, just six or seven years ago, Tyrosia Douglas says people disapproved of the size of her muscles. They were like, don't wear that T-shirt. You look too strong. Your outfit is cute, but you look like you about to break your high heel. And I'd be like... What? It's against the rules to have as many muscles as I have. It takes a certain type of person to keep saying yes when people are telling you no. We got this. We can do it. I like proving people wrong. I take joy in it, actually. People can say that right to my face. Oh, women should be boxing. It doesn't faze me one bit. I'm like, well, we do. Clarissa Shields has this way of saying, whatever, that is so dismissive, like she just unheard what she didn't want to hear. That's kind of what she did when her dad told her boxing was a man's sport. That was a chauvinist <laughs> statement that a girl can't do it. Here's the rest of their conversation. And you should have took it that way. So, you know, you, you was right. And I've been at it ever since. I'm still proving people wrong. Truth be known, I just think, little mama, you are awesome. Hello, this is Clarissa again. I'm at Burston Field House right now. And it is 17 days before the Olympic trials. You ready, Russ? Hurry up. Okay, hold on. Coach, can you explain to me what's going on right now, uh, Mr. Jason Crutchfield? Coach Crutchfield. You're going to spar with them two guys right there. Come on, y'all, get ready. Ready. Wow. That's a good shot there. Come on, ref. Let's go. Stay into it. Sloppy. Sloppy. Don't get sloppy. Keep yourself together. Come on. There you go. Well, I can remember her dad brought her down to the gym. She was 11 years old. Come on. 11. And he told, he told me, he asked me, he said, hey, um, my daughter won a box. A week after that, I noticed how she was punching, aggressive and fast, and her fire. Her hunger. Man. A coach always wants a champion. That's why we coach. We want to help the kids and stuff like that, but the first thing is to have a champion. Now, look. I think I got one. <laughs> I just never thought it was going to be a girl. All right. Come here, Russ. You got to do 15 minutes of ice. 15 minutes of heat. You got me? Yeah. Hello. 
<laughs> hey. Russ, turn that phone off. I'm quite back, okay? All right. Who is this boy? Uh. What, what did you do? I mean. Ain't no big deal. Dang. So you'd rather talk to the boy than be at the Olympic trials? Come on, now. What kind of question is that? You know how close this thing is? Mm-hmm. Real close. You don't need anything that's going to take your attention somewhere else. Nothing. Whatever. I like boys. Can't help it. That's cool, but just keep it platonic. What that mean? Nothing but a friendship. If you like him, drop him. Me? Ooh, nothing. Russell, you're up against a lot. When we go to these Olympic trials, you're going to be up against grown women that are stronger than you. They ain't got to go to school. They ain't got homework. All they got to do is box. These people are hungry. Mm, it makes sense. You're gifted. You're real good. But you're not ready yet. We're almost there. We're not there yet. Well, I'm strong-minded. I'm not going to let nobody feed me off in the wrong direction. Russa, look at me. Just stay focused. You got all your life for boys. This is a once-in-a-lifetime thing right here. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Right now we are at Antioch Missionary Baptist Church. I came to talk to them about supporting me getting to Spokane, Washington for the Women Olympic Trials. And uh, every little bit helped. This young lady here got an opportunity to go to the Olympics. Ain't you undefeated? Yes. She's undefeated. Oh, undefeated. Hi. I'd just like to introduce myself. I'm a female boxer at Braxton Fieldhouse. I've been boxing since I was 11 years old. I've been training very hard, and, and I do believe in God. I'm just asking that if you want to give anything, it, it'll all help. That's all. Well, congratulations, sweetheart. Mm, thank you. There's so many young girls out there, they fight, but they're not fighting for the right reasons. You know what I'm saying? We really do need people like you in this city. Yes, yeah. sir. Come and go to the land. Come and go. She won this. That would really do a lot for our city. Flint, the murder capital, the highest unemployment rate. Everybody looking at Flint like Flint's just a ghost town, like we don't even exist, you know. And we can pull that off, oh my God. This will show them that through all that, something good came out of Flint. Clarissa Shields. And the thing about it is, I think we're going to do it. I feel like it's meant for us. Doing all right. How you doing? Um, I'm all right. I'm all right. My dad was going to come to the Olympic trials in Spokane. Dad, where you at right now? Huh? Where you at right now? Uh, down at the county. That little. He called me, and uh, he had been arrested. The back tail light of the car was messed up, and he got pulled over, and he had warrants out for his arrest. I don't know what he did to get the warrants. So I just wanted to call you, Kay. I love you. Okay. 
very sure you say your prayers. Yeah. All the time. Okay, man. Bye-bye. Bye. Why y'all wait for me to hang up for? I want to be heard your voice last. All right, one, two, three. When I say three, go. Hang up. Okay. All right, ready? One, two, three, go. Everything in life that I've ever wanted, I, I've always got it. I mean, besides money or besides, yeah, besides money stuff, but out of everything I've ever wanted, I've always got it. But at the end of the day, I'm just thinking to myself, I don't know what's going to happen. So, good night. Listening to our Olympic special, Go For It Life Lessons from Girl Boxes. From WNYC Radio and PRX, the Public Radio Exchange. When we come back, we'll take you to the Olympic team trials in Spokane, Washington, where Clarissa goes for it and. We'll find out what happens. You can see Sue J. Johnson's photos of Clarissa and much more on our website, womenbox.com. Joe Richmond and Samara Freemark of Radio Diaries produced Clarissa's story with Sue. I'm Rosie Perez. I'm Marianne McCune. Back in a minute. From WNYC and PRX, the public radio exchange. Go for it. Go for it. Life lessons from girl boxers. Don't let anyone tell you you can't do that. Just keep on going like the little engine I could. That's a word you should never use can't. That's a word I never used. That's Rosie Perez. She's Marianne McCune. All that time Clarissa Shields was preparing to compete at the Olympic trials, 23 other American women were training at least as hard as Clarissa was. Each had intense hopes that she would become one of three American women to box in the Olympics. Before we take you to the trials to find out who makes the team and also what it's like for an athlete to lose, we want to give you a better sense of the kind of women these boxers are. No two women boxers are alike. I saw that at a training camp last year. The boxers were tall and skinny, short and heavy set, gay and straight, white, black, and brown. California girl Patricia Manuel has cropped hair and wears baggy shorts. My dream is to represent the USA as an openly gay female butch who's multiracial. And California girl Michaela Maya says she wears high heels as often as possible. I love that. I like the fact that I'm feminine outside the ring and on the streets. And, you know, I, I may not seem like a boxer, but really, you know, I, I am a boxer and I have that side to me. And I can be a woman and I can be an aggressive athlete. Few of the women boxers we've met have any extra money lying around. Almost no one is sponsored. When we got to know Franchon Cruz, she was working two restaurant jobs, boxing in between. At training camp, she always has her earbuds in. She was an American Idol contestant. Cruz is a six-time national champion. She's a star at tournaments. And then she goes home. 2011, I won the nationals, and when I came back home and flicked the lights, nothing came on. I didn't have any electricity. 
you know, a lot of women who broke into boxing in the 80s and 90s were college athletes or professionals. But over the past decade, boxing in the U.S. has been attracting girls from tougher neighborhoods. The tradition of boxing gyms that offer troubled kids a chance to learn discipline and gain confidence is now open to girls. When Tyrosia Douglas was a 16-year-old in Washington, D.C., she was arrested for street fighting. She's five foot three with an irresistible smile. So her juvenile court judge was surprised. The way Douglas remembers it, the judge recommended she start boxing. And by the time she was 23, she was training twice daily to compete for a spot on the Olympic team. We got a chance to follow along. Boxing is my mother and my father. Boxing is my brother and my sister. Boxing make love to me. Boxing kiss me. Keep that hand up. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, boxing is the love of my life. I have Teresa Douglas and Warren Jenkins. Bout two, ring two. Boxing, you can't be nice. And mouth gear, you got your mouth gear on? So I'm mean. Ring two, red corner. Let's go. I know I'm a woman, but when the bell rings, I'm like a monster. Get your money's worth. Your three is money, here. Yeah? That's the money hand. There you go. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Let's go. Okay. I was born into a rough family. I'm in that Douglas, Tyrisha Douglas, mom. Both of my parents was on drugs. I just was never there. Doing drugs, you don't stay home. You just go and flow wherever it is. Uh, what do I remember? I had to protect my brothers. I'm like, mom is doing good. She working, not telling them that our mom is a crackhead. Best sister in the world, you ask me. Oh, I was out of control, which means if you say anything to me, I will break your face, and that was the end of that. The first memory that I had of ever seeing boxing was when we was living with my cousin Patrick Washington. Me and my brother were in the house one day. He tells us, uh, go get in the car, and y'all want to box. Marcy used to always take me shopping and go get my head oh, yeah. done while y'all was at the gym, and I used yeah, to be you, mad. Yeah, when I seen it, I was like, oh my gosh, that is so amazing. You get to beat up people for free. So I asked him about it maybe one time when I was young, and he was like, no. Like, his no was like, no, like, you ain't about to do that. You're a girl. If it wasn't for me getting in trouble again, no will still have been his answer to this day. And today we're here, and she's in the running to make history and be on the Olympic team. One, two, three. You, you, USA! We're here in Oxnard, California. We're here to get the girls prepared for international competition. Oh, I am Gloria Pete, one of the coaches for USA Boxing. We train every five minutes, no sleep, no rest. We slip in punches while we on the toilet. We're at a round-robin tournament meeting women from Poland, Russia, Mexico, and from Germany. See, she, she pissing me off. Some countries have camps for women. Some train year-round, three times a day. This competition is extremely important because it gives a girl something to gauge their performance by. Everything is in preparation for 2012 Olympics. I'm very excited about today because the boxing starts today. It's cool to see like girls fight. Team USA all the way, baby. They're awesome and powerful. 
Blue corner boxers, please glove up. I'm Christy Halbert. I've been coaching on the international level since 1999. My mouthpiece, right behind you. I'm the red corner representing Team USA, Teresha Douglas. When I get in the ring, what am I telling myself? Stay calm. Team Germany, Azizi. Stay Germany. calm. All right, Tarsia, go do your thing, babe. Be you, all right? Be you. This is my ticket. Fast hands. Boxing is not easy. If you are strong enough to stand up against all the odds that you face, there is something within you that is special. All right, good round. Take my mouth off. She doesn't like your power. Can you see that? Exhale all the air out of your lungs. You're giving away some points because your hands are down and she's throwing a straight right at you, okay? So circle to your right and hit her with the hook on the way, all right? You can win this. You're only down two. Circle right with the hook. Circle right. She's just not going to circle to the right, Fausto. She's not going to do it. Left hand. Round of applause, please, for bout number 10. Our winner, representing Team Germany, Azizi Nemani. Didn't get the fight. 17 15, that was the score. On to the next. How would you like to build on this for tomorrow? Um, do angles and circles and just keep my head on my shoulder. And USA all the way. All the way, baby. I'm not only doing this for me, I'm doing this for the world because if I can do it the next individual can do it just to see someone get that far in life (laughs) that's all I want to show is that you can overcome anything and be anything you want in life I go home to my bed it's just me my heart dreaming about being an Olympic gold medalist and if that gold medal is dream don't happen, <laughs> I'm still going to give and do and strive for what I want. Mm-hmm. Yep. The Olympic team trials were held just outside of Spokane, Washington. Tyra Shia Douglas and the youngest contender, Clarissa Shields. They were among the 24 women who got to compete for just three spots on the U.S. Olympic team, and women boxers around the country were living vicariously. You have three new messages. Hello, this is Christy Martin, world champion. During the week of the trials, we asked past and current boxers to leave us voicemails telling us what they were thinking and feeling. I'd just like to say, first and foremost, Congratulations to all the women that are attempting to make the Olympic team. When Christy Martin started boxing in the 80s, women weren't allowed to compete in the amateurs. She went pro, and she's the only woman boxer ever to make the cover of Sports Illustrated. Martin was among many callers who put things in perspective. They're not just representing themselves. They're representing all of the women fighters. You have 11 new messages. All the female fighters in America have been waiting for this moment. As a 12-year-old growing up in the 1960s, 
I never saw the possibility that women could actually box. I got denied my Olympic dream. Not because it wasn't good enough, but simply because I was female. From phone number 71. My name is Melissa Smith. My name is Lucille Riker. My name is Angel Bovee. I have a blog called Girl Boxing. I'm proud to be a part of boxing history and pass the torch to the next generation of these amazing athletes. There are only three weight classes for women boxers in the 2012 Olympics. That's compared to 10 for the men, by the way. So at the trials, eight boxers competed for each spot. The venue was a casino, and the stands were packed, but not only with traditional boxing fans. There were 10- and 15-year-old girls in the audience. My favorite is Queen Underwood. I definitely love her. She's like my idol. There was even an exhibition fight. Middle school girls bloodied each other's noses and came out with hearts pounding. When I box, I feel good about myself. Like, in a different place where I don't have to worry about anything. It's taught me that I have more potential than I thought I did. Like, I could be up there, you know? And like, fighting in the, in the Olympics, that would be really cool. My name is Isabel Hernandez. I'm 11. Marianne, Sue, calling you from backstage before the fights begin. Sue J. Johnson was in Spokane, chronicling the tournament via photographs, voicemails, and early morning phone calls with me. It feels so different from last night. It is intense. Not a lot of smiles tonight. Before the week of the trials, the boxers we were following were winners. They had to be to make it this far. At this double elimination tournament, 21 out of 24 women would end up losing their chance to go to the Olympics. Hi, this is Tiffany Hearn. I'm sitting in the dressing room right now, waiting for my fight. Tiffany Hearn, this is a woman who spent several years living in the back room of her Alabama gym in order to make it this far. Her first fight, she squeaked out a win. I didn't give up. Sign of true champion. So, I'm being dared to be great. (laughs) I like (laughs) <laughs> Tiffany Hearn lost her second fight, then midweek, she faced number one-ranked Franchon Cruz. Hearn was the underdog, but she wasn't anywhere near ready to give up. Ladies and Hearn fought with all she had, and the bout was as close as it could have been. In the stands, no one could tell who won. With a score of 27 to 26. Until Franchon Cruz's hand was raised. It wasn't a clear win. That was wrong. That was wrong. <laughs> I'm in shock. Yeah, bro. I'm so <laughs> Why do I always no, lose no. when I win? <laughs> <laughs> you did so good. I'm proud of you. That was a great fight. Backstage, after Tiffany Hearn finished crying, she was already trying to turn her mind to what next. Probably turn pro. Damn, we made it here this far. And, you know, we're just going to keep spearheading things to go. This doesn't stop. Early in the tournament, Tyrishia Douglas lost one bout. She spent the week working her way back into the running. Fighting and 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 fighting. She succeeded. 
they get playing music and the lights is like, oh my gosh, and the crowd going wild. It's like, <sighs> my heart is pounding. Then the bills they ring and everything just go out the window. Here comes Tyra Shia Douglas, and now she's got Christina Cruz on the ropes. Let's cheer now, ladies and gentlemen. Big punch by Tyra Shia Douglas and a little bounce in her step as she throws another combination. She advanced to the championship Saturday to face the undefeated, seemingly untouchable flyweight Marlon Esparza of Houston, Texas. She's really got the momentum now. She's bringing the hook. And she lost. Olympic dream denied. I really hate that somebody has to lose. Seriously. I mean, they all work so hard. <sighs> and what about Clarissa? Did she make it? She kept wowing people all week with her outrageous boxing skills. And um, she did make it to the championship. And before her last fight with this very intimidating boxer from Pittsburgh, she actually seemed like she might be a little bit nervous. Hello, testing, testing. Here's the rest of her radio diary. Okay. This Clarissa again. Right now I'm just, um, I'm just getting my mind ready, getting warm. Jab, pop, 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 pop. Jab right here. Boop, boop. I'm just letting stuff sink in. Mm, mm, mm. It's about to go down. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the U.S. Olympic Team Trials for Women's Boxing. Good evening, everyone. Good evening, boxing fans. Thanks for joining us on this historic occasion. We are set to begin the action. Boxing out of the red corner, the 16-year-old sensation. Let's give it up for Clarissa Shield. When I step in the ring, it's like I step into a whole different dimension. It's like everything outside of the ring is black. Can't nobody else get in there and help you. Coach, he can't get in the ring and fight with you. You don't have your dad, mom. When we get in the ring, you don't have nobody but yourself. Let's get it on. Round number one. This it. This it right here. Let's go. Everything there. Go get on. There you go. Beautiful jab. That jab looking good. Fast start for Clarissa Shields. Lots of speed on that jab. Come on, Russ. Keep your hands up. Hands up. Come on, baby. Clarissa Shields lands her right hand to the body, but Tika Hemingway trying to muscle Clarissa backward now. She's getting points, Russ. See, I'll point you, Russ. Russ, do you hear me? Let's go. Clarissa Shields with her back to the corner, trying to keep her opponent off of her. I mean, man, I don't want her to lose no fight. But being a fighter is all about coming back. That's when you find out the true character of a person. And if she can come back, well, then we'll know. And that's the end of the round. Come on, show me something. Look alive. No, you ain't tired. Don't you never say that. I said I got it. Come on. So you heard Clarissa Shields, coach, telling her to look alive. And Clarissa answers with, I've got it. Final round, round number four. Come on, Rex, last round. Everything on the line. Right now. Big right hand and a hook from Clarissa Shields. There you go. Work in here. Work in here. Now she's bringing uppercuts right up the center. Clarissa boxes her way off the ropes. Nice. That's how you break it off. Woo! Clarissa Shields very comfortable now. She's throwing heavy leather. Ah, there you go. Ah, there you go. 
We're coming Rose. into the final seconds. Clarissa Shields waiting for Tika to come forward. That's the Let's end of the round. What an outstanding bow. Ladies and gentlemen, I have your winner with a score of 23 to 18. Boxing out of the red corner, Clarissa Shields. Clarissa Shields is your United States of America team champion. We done it. You hear me? We done it. Okay. Good. <laughs> Wow. My name is Clarissa Shields. I always knew I was going to be something. I just didn't know what. Three women made the first ever U.S. Olympic women's boxing team. Clarissa Shields... Queen Underwood and Marlene Esparza. But that does not mean they were guaranteed a spot at the Olympics. Oh no. Next, the Olympic qualifier in China. And are these girls' heads going to be okay? You ever see on the cartoons when the stars go around? Sometimes it really feels like that. More about that on our website, womenbox.com. Radio Diaries produced Clarissa's story. You're listening to Go For It, Life Lessons from Girl Boxes, an Olympic special from WNYC Radio and PRX, the public radio exchange. I'm Marianne McCune. I'm Rosie Perez. I met Clarissa Shields in New York. She was my guest at WNYC's live performance space, The Green Space. And we had a great time talking. She's so cute, so adorable, so tough, but she's just a teenager. And when I brought up the risk of head injuries from boxing, I felt a little scared for her. I mean, I was really worried. Um, Clarissa, have you been knocked out? No, and I haven't ever thought about the long-term effect. You have that. never thought about the long-term effect that you could possibly develop a punch drunk? No, I just love the sport of boxing, so famous. <laughs> I mean, I don't really get hit like that either, though. So. <laughs> you should look into that, Clarissa, because it is a concern. In recent years, there's been a lot of new research on the brains of people who play rough sports, like boxing or hockey and football. There are two big concerns. One is that a blow to the head can kill you, especially if you're still recovering from a previous hit. The other is that if you get hit in the head over and over again, even when no single blow knocks you out, or as they say, rings your bell, it can lead to a long list of serious problems later on. Depression, slurred speech, memory loss, Parkinson's disease. You know, concussion implies something is either yes or no. Either you have it or you don't. And, and traumatic brain injury is probably not like that. Charles Burnick is with the Lou Rubo Center for Brain Health in Las Vegas. In 2011, researchers there started enrolling boxers and mixed martial arts fighters in a long-term study of their brains and behavior. And so far, there are some significant findings. After six years of fighting, they can see physical changes in the fighter's brain. And after 12 years, they're seeing symptoms. The more fights they had, the worse their self-control, the worse they performed on tests of their memory and how fast they can make it through some of the tests. 
So it suggests there may be damage or structural changes occurring years before somebody becomes symptomatic, and we should really be monitoring these athletes a little sooner than later. Some studies have suggested that the protective headgear that amateurs wear reduces the risk of brain damage. A deep breath in and out to your mouth. But it's clear nothing can protect you completely. Can I see your fist? What's at stake is sudden death, vegetative state, comatose state. Martha Dobson has been a ringside doctor for more than a decade. If you're going to box, let me at least be there to try to keep you as safe as possible. But boxers are cunning. How are you feeling? Good. And many will say what they have to to fight. People have headaches all the time. You made it this far. Why would you stop just because you have a headache? When Dara Shen went to the Olympic team trials in Spokane, she took some hard blows during her first bout. And when she got back to her room that night... I had a hard time sleeping because my head hurt really bad and... The next morning, the doctor asked me, did I have a headache? And initially, I wanted to say no, because I want to fight. I didn't work this hard to be stopped by a doctor. I always look at the boxer when I'm asking the questions, and she kind of cut her eyes away from me, so I went back to that. I knew it would be a problem if I said yes, and I really wanted to fight. So when she asked me, it was like I was playing back how hard it was for me to sleep and my neck stiff as hell, and my, my brain just literally throbbing. But also me thinking, oh, my God, I'm here. This is the Olympic trials. It's, it's a chance of a lifetime. Dr. Dobson asked Shen again, and she admitted to a headache. Dobson did some more tests, and then she gave her a medical DQ, disqualified her from the tournament, and the chance to go to the Olympics. Another injury on top of that bruise could be catastrophic, and it doesn't have to be a significant blow. As you just heard, sometimes boxes don't want to say they've been hurt, but sometimes they just don't know it. I never remember her coming back from any one of these bouts feeling any worse or saying anything about it. She didn't complain of any headaches or that sort of thing. Stefan Weiler is a professor of economics in Colorado. His wife was an academic too, but she was also a boxer. Becky Zerlentis went unconscious at a Golden Gloves tournament and she never came back. She was 34 years old. I mean, she was really fearless. We were opposite in temperament, I think, a lot. I mean, I was, you know, the quiet and somewhat uh, planning. She was very much the free spirit, the, uh, the bounce, the sudden inspiration. This had to be her last bout. Because Golden Gloves, which is the one form of sanctioned boxing that she did, that ends at the age of 35. So this was going to be her last bout. She'd said that. I was um, out of town, and we were commuting back and forth. She gave me a call. She'd gotten about. She'd call me and let me know when, that sort of thing. I did get a phone call, and it was a message from the hospital I thought, you know, maybe she, you know, eyelid split or something like that. I mean, you don't immediately think the worst, right? I called back, um, and they said, look, um, I'm really sorry, but there's just absolutely no brain activity. It was a blur. I just hung on. You know, in the spirit of the women in the Olympics and boxing, I strongly believe in the equality of opportunity. You know, men can do something, and women should be able to do it too. I just wish it didn't have to be in boxing. And I, I mean that for both men and women. You know, look, I didn't like boxing to start out with. I have never been a fan of boxing, consider that in some ways the sort of basest form of maleness. 
And she, she understood that too. She did not expect me to like it. Do I regret her boxing? Would I have... No, I mean, I'm not going to look back and say, shoot, I should have told her not. No, it was never in question. It was a partnership. It was a marriage. It was a friendship. Um, part of that is, is accepting people, you know, for the whole individuals that they are. And that was part of her. People need to make up their own minds, but they need to make up their own minds with understanding what some of the risks are. I've been very fortunate in my life in almost every phase, including meeting somebody like Becky. So I don't, I'm, you know, I'm still lucky. Becky Zerlentis died April 3rd, 2005. After the autopsy, doctors told Weiler it was likely second impact syndrome, a blow to the head while a person is still recovering from a previous hit. So Rosie is a boxing fan. How do you continue to love it when you know that people are getting hurt? Hmm. It's the appreciation of an athlete's heart, the ability to step into the ring even after a tremendous loss, even after a tremendous victory, because there is still fear, and they fight against it every single time, and I find that very, very honorable and commendable. I come from the hard knocks life, and I had to step up to the plate or else I was going to fail. So when I see people step into the ring, specifically women, my heart just swells. It just soars. I feel like I am fighting toe-to-toe right with them. I am roaring with them. I am crying with them. I am yelling with them in their defeat or victory. That's why I love boxing. In our reporting, we found a lot of answers to that question. Why would women want to risk death or dementia to box? One of them comes from Vanessa Shakur, a trainer in New York who sees boxing as a tool for recovery. After a series of troubles as a kid that included anorexia and a car crash that left her in a body cast for a year, she was hungry to push herself to her limits. I loved exploring what was holding me back. I loved exploring my vulnerability and my weaknesses. I loved discovering strength I didn't even know I had. You train that way. You can't in a fight say, okay, you know, I'm kind of tired now. I'm going to, like, step out and have somebody replace me. You can't do that. It's just only, it's only you and your opponent, and that's it. One of the things that we've noticed doing this series is how many boxers seem to have some history of abuse. Do you see a connection between the desire to box and that kind of history of abuse? Yeah, I do, for women, for sure. For me, I had experiences that were really difficult. And for me, I purged it through boxing. Mm-hmm. I purged that stuff within me, that anger, that that aggression that I had that was supposedly protecting me, but it was um, eating me up inside. So I got rid of it. You don't have to be a big person. You can be really thin and small and throw an incredibly powerful punch. And just knowing that your body can generate that much force and that much power can really change your self-perception. So what do you say to people when they say boxing is a violent, primitive, terrible sport that should be banned? It can be, like anything. depends on how you approach it. I think boxing as a business is dangerous. It's scary. People do want to see brawls, but there's boxing matches that are absolutely graceful, like, you know, people who just have such 
heightened sense of intuition or awareness where nothing touches them. And that's boxing to me. I think it's more dangerous to play life safe than to take risks. Even if it's potentially destructive. Yeah, I do. I, I, you know, I think that people need to explore who they are. You can get hurt anywhere, anytime. I think that so much harm has been caused by people trying to play it safe. I know it's dangerous. I work at Gleason's. I see these punchy boxes coming off all day that can't talk, that their speech is slurred, been hit in the head too much. Heather Hardy works, trains, and practically lives at the legendary Gleason's Gym in Brooklyn. And she, like many women coming up in amateur boxing, wants to go pro, despite the increased risks of fighting without headgear. Without boxing, I would be miserable. So the, the risks... I just work on minimizing them by doing everything right. Gleason's opened in 1937. It's known for the long list of champions who started here, and it was also a leader in allowing women to box in the early 80s. See that, that group right in the middle of those women? Owner Bruce Silverglades got a photograph of the first group of women to train here. He says he saw they wanted to box, saw they'd pay money to do it, so he closed down the gym for them two nights a week. I think we were very instrumental in helping the women's movement. Welcome home. Thank you very much. How are you? In walks a 71-year-old trainer and promoter named Tommy Gallagher. And Silverglade says, ask him what he thinks of women boxing. It's a disgrace. You're talking about a woman. The most precious thing there is in this world, being in a violent situation. For what? And a guy should do it because... Because that's what the guys did. Close your eyes and see. Out of the cave. You and me. We have little things trying to nibble on your breast, and I'm going out to get the food or whatever, and i got to fight off five guys to come in. That's where it came from, to, to, to preserve ourselves. I try to get him to put females on his shows, but he's one of the fellows that doesn't want it. Tommy Gallagher says it's in men's DNA to fight. Heather Hardy says it's in hers. I'm programmed to do it. I really am. You know, my mom always said, somebody pushes you, you punch them in the face and you make sure you draw blood. Don't make anybody want you to hit them two times. My mother has given me some of the worst beatings in my life, but every one I got, I deserved. It is in me to fight. Now that the Olympics is open to women boxers, we're seeing all these news stories about female fighters in places people might not expect, like Afghanistan or India. Sue J. Johnson got a chance to meet some of the best of them in China. It was 300 very determined women from 70 countries. A lot of life lessons in one random town, Qinghuangdao, China. So who impressed you? Well, of course, the women from the established programs like Ren Ken Ken from China, Sophia Uchigawa from Russia, Katie Taylor from Ireland was everything everyone ever said she was. But it was the women from Nigeria, Guatemala, South Africa, Uzbekistan. Watching them fight, I knew I was watching history. These are women who somehow made their way to a boxing gym. They convinced some coach to give them a shot. They didn't listen when their parents or husbands or, in some cases, their children told them, no, they shouldn't be in the ring. Okay. Were many of the boxes their mothers? Kids don't exactly fit in the picture, right? I mean, to box at this level, you have to train for hours a day. You're traveling to tournaments. 
So I was actually surprised how many mothers I did meet. There's Mary Calm from India, Andy Duplessis from South Africa, Carla Magliocco from Venezuela, and Hurricane Doyle from New Zealand. My name is Hurricane Dempsey Rainbow Doyle. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Hurricane, is that her real name? Yeah, it was her father's idea. He liked the whole story about Hurricane Carter, the boxer who was jailed for something he didn't do, and he named me Dempsey after Jack Dempsey, the boxer. So my name is Hurricane Dempsey Rainbow because he wanted to girly it up a bit. Doyle. (laughs) She's a single mom to an eight-year-old son, and for her, being a mom is the reason she started boxing. She's at her dad's, a gang member, Her brothers all moved away. There were no decent role models for him. And she thought he was getting a little old school in his thinking that women shouldn't be in the ring. So she decided to start boxing to prove a point. So tell me about some of the other mothers. Well, from a totally different part of the world, there's Elizabeth from Kenya. She lives in a slum outside of Nairobi. Some nights she goes hungry, but she always makes sure that her 7-year-old son eats before she does. So it's sometimes kind of hard for me to train because you have nothing to eat after uh, hard training. Yeah. And she made it all the way to China. That's amazing. She's had this dream since she was a six-year-old girl watching the Olympics on TV. She's got this homemade tattoo on her arm. She said it describes her. It's a, it's a star surrounded by barbed wire. Hmm. Now, I imagine in places like Kenya, it could be difficult or even dangerous to be a non-traditional woman, right? When she walks down the street, her son says, Mommy, people are looking at you. People looking at me, they are wondering, is he a she or she is she a he? <laughs> yeah. But I'm just me, I'm myself. Yeah. I'm a mother too. This pushes buttons for some people. I mean, people don't want mothers getting hurt, and a lot of people don't think mothers can be or should be vicious or aggressive or strong. <laughs> Right? Mary Kam from India, she says she gets this all the time. First, when she got married, people said she'd have to quit. Then she had kids and people were shocked that she went back to boxing. She's a five-time world champion. And she told me that when she doesn't perform well, people say it's because she's a mother. Oh, my goodness. Will we see any of these mothers at the Olympics? Keep an eye out for Carla Magliocco. She's from Venezuela. She found out she was pregnant when she was 21. She got kicked out of the house. She still managed to put herself through college. She's got this lovely six-year-old daughter whose birthday she missed while she was away competing. And I caught up with her just as she was calling home to tell her mother and her daughter that she would be at the Olympics this summer. Hello? Mama, me, me acaban de confirmar que si voy a Londres. <laughs> That's so. So I think we're about ready for an update on my teenage friend Clarissa Shields. Drum roll, please. Did she win in China? Well, she won her first fight. Uh huh. And she lost her second. She lost. No. Uh, It was her first loss ever since she started fighting at eleven, and she took it really hard. She said it was like having your boyfriend break up with you on your birthday. Oh, my goodness. That's such a teenager's response. So does that mean no Olympics? Amazingly, no. Because of her final ranking, 
Clarissa Shields is representing the United States of America at the Olympic Games. Yay! Go, Clarissa! I knew she had it in her. Oh, that's fantastic. Hey, Mary, I'm just Clarissa. We'll be following Clarissa's story as she heads to the Olympics. I'll be talking to you soon. Along with team members Marlena Sparza and Queen Underwood. You can check our website for updates, womenbox.com. I'm Rosie Perez. I'm Marianne McCune with WNYC Radio. Go for it. Life lessons from girl boxes. Thank you for joining us, Rosie. My pleasure. Sue J. Johnson and I reported and produced this program with help from Emily Botine. Chris Bannon is our executive producer. Our editor is Karen Frillman. Our mix engineer was Paul Schneider. Our digital editor, Kathleen Ehrlich. Clarissa's story was produced by Joe Richmond and Samara Freemark of Radio Diaries. Many others helped out, including Anne Hepperman, Lisa Polin, and Mackenzie Morton. Indira Etwaru is the executive producer of The Green Space, and thanks to John Barth of PRX. A big thank you to Christy Halbert and heartfelt gratitude to all the boxers and the people in their corners for letting us into their lives. This special was produced by WNYC and PRX, the public radio exchange.